Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello there, my very good friends, and welcome to Wrestle Culture. Still going. <laughs> Why is it still good? John, man, come on. I like that you did a cold open. I know. Uh, I got a cold open and then the well, is that is that not how this usually works? Is that what when you sort of friends? <laughs> Great. Is one of you right, going to do a song or something then? Or I mean, we so, just kind of did. Like, yeah. We did a little bit. And the Smackdown theme as well. Yeah. We got the wonderful uh, guitar. <laughs> just in case you didn't notice that. Ideal. Telling what they were. You know, it was very clear what they were. <laughs> right, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Uh, thanks, as always, to John Harrison for the wonderful guitar yeah. lick. Uh, Wilburn should never leave us alone. No, he's, <laughs> he's gone and done it again, hasn't he? Like, how long ago was the last time we did the first... Um, the first chaos edition of Wrestle Culture. Was it three weeks ago? Two weeks ago? Something like that? Something like that? Yeah. Local law enforcement have only just stopped knocking on the door. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about everything from uh, Roman Reigns potentially leaving to, yeah. to Ro- Margaret Thatcher deathmatch yeah. or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> Children <laughs> watching people die with light tubes. Yeah, it was a hell of a time. And today you're going to get a hell of a time as well. Uh, I'm Andy Murray, of course. Uh, yes. <laughs> also in this room... I love that you're desperate to try and get this back on track somehow. <laughs> but even you don't know how to do that. Know, what's, the, what's the point, honestly? Which, which one of my agendas? Like, um, yeah. it's, it's interesting that literally the only man of, who's capable of holding these things together is the most chaotic man alive, <laughs> yeah, Adam Wilborn. True, yeah. It's something else. I come in here and I'm pretty chaotic myself. I try and hold it together and I'm a disaster. I'm all at sea. You've got arms that are like cooked bits of spaghetti trying to push these buttons. It's mental. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm joined by Phil. Hi. <laughs> and Michael Hamflit. All right. <laughs> Phil has a sorry, Miss Chambers. <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about wrestling, right? So, uh, uh, I was gonna write. You know the. He's got the wonderful like intro, and you and Sidgwick in particular, Hamlet, do a really good job of reciting it. Mm. Whenever you're filling in on hosting, I was gonna do that this week, but. I've just written down a bunch of pish. So uh, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, and why wouldn't you be? Uh, you can subscribe all over the place. Uh, iTunes. <laughs> all over the place. Uh, iTunes. Spotify. Um, 
I, whatever you get your podcasts. Um, HMV. <laughs> if you phone up your local corner shop, the guy who works there can probably hook you up as well. Stick it on your mini disc player, down the library, all of that. Um, we do show reviews, previews. Pod- we are in the British Library. We are. What are we talking about? Does it mean you talk about this? Where like every single published artifact is in the British Library. We are, so you have to yeah. get some sort of membership deal. You can't just yeah. go in there and but you can get access to their reading room. And these somehow are published artifacts. If you live in London and you're a listener, go to the British Library and fire up a What Culture podcast. <laughs> Find this specific one. If you are in the British Library and it's 2045 right now, <laughs> and you're listening to this podcast wondering what the hell happened to our society, well, you found the first part of your answer. You know what we should do that's just popped into my head? Do you remember back in the day in WWE, you used to be able to ring a number and like Stone Cold will tell you the wrestling news or whatever it was? Yes. <laughs> we should do that, but with like Wilborn will say iconic or like Andy Murray will. <laughs> Give you the news. Yeah, <laughs> Carrie and Cross should do that with Je- with his like Jesse Ventura voice, shouldn't it? Like, you <laughs> That's get, a great get idea. people to read out your birthday. Like, I could do it with Miller. People could do Miller call, and if he was too busy, I'd yeah. take it over. But the only thing I can say in my Miller voice is, I don't want to talk about cum. <laughs> like, so, unless you want to just ring up and get that every single time as your sort of what culture telephone cameo. <laughs> I, 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 I agree. Um, that's a that's a great show. We could monetize that and yeah. everything. When are we starting cameos, boys? That's the question. Soon we can now. We're allowed. Yeah. It's what would, what we, would got we, the, we got the freedom? Yeah. What would we call our like our calling line? Tony phone. <laughs> you pay 99p a minute just to listen in on like 40, live office show. It's all, ca- it's all cam- uh, cameo could be called a hamio. Oh, here we Perfect. go. Like, Money. Somebody's getting their 50 pences worth there. We'll have to figure out our prices as well. What's Simon on? Miller's like 12 pounds. Oh, wow. I was going to so say. So he's already set the bar quite low I to put my kids through college with this. I'm, <laughs> I'm like a tenth as popular as him. I might I'm go a- like one pound more expensive than MJF. Oh. <laughs> I'm realistic about this. I'm going to like, it's going to upset the cameo apple cart a little bit because I think like the price, there's there's no price that is going to be reflective for the minimal value that would be a video yeah. message from me. Yeah. I'm going to have people, you know how they've got the, like that coffee app where you can like buy me a coffee and really it's like a couple of dollars. Or yeah, something like yeah, that. yeah. I'm going to set up one of them, but for steak bakes, <laughs> so it's like, get me a Greg's. So like the person can judge how much they think my cameo is worth. But yeah. it's like, are you a full steak baker or are you a sausage roll? Exactly. <laughs> at, at a minimum, it's a vegan sausage roll. But if people are really feeling it, maybe hey, like a don't, don't, don't you slander the vegan sausage roll. That's a, that's a tasty treat. Oh, it's a good one. It's just, it it's, you know, you got you don't want to price yourself out of the market. It's one, of the, it's one of the cheaper items. Yeah, it's like a quid. I remember yeah. when they were like 40p. Back in my day, yeah, it's sort of a win-win. Scumbags. If somebody like ordered one of them on the way to work, we're like, oh, I've, I want, I want, I think you're worth a bacon and sausage sandwich and a latte. I'll record it while I'm eating it. So it's like, (laughs) happy birthday! I really got sorry the wind on the bridge, like you know, and everybody gets what they want out of it. That mainly sounds great to me. No, I know when we me. <laughs> when we pitched the idea of starting a food channel, I didn't think it'd be that. Like, <laughs> you, the more you tip us, the more we'll eat. Like send a super chat in until we explode. I'm here for that. <laughs> Gross, flaky AM, ASMR. <laughs> just like pastry flakes just coming out. Rubbing your sausage oh, roll God. over the microphone. This is wrestling podcast. This is wrestle culture. Uh, <laughs> Where we uh, talk talk absolute pish and then some wrestling as well. So, well, well, boys, uh, wrestling uh, is is occurring uh, constantly, and uh, it's been a uh, mm, interesting week. More so in terms of following on from last week, which was the real beast uh, with Stephanie McMahon and Sasha Banks and Naomi and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the week before that, our 
recently we had Roman Reigns, his his new contract, uh, MJF, teasing stuff. He's been at it again, the, the rascal on Twitter recently. Um, this week, like, news-wise, in terms of things of, of that nature, uh, feels almost like a come down. But mm. Double or Nothing is on. on Freak come down. Sunday. <laughs> 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 Double or nothing uh, is is this Sunday, and uh, yeah, it's got thirty matches uh, <laughs> <laughs> confirmed so far, and more are expected on uh, Rampage. So eleven announced so far. Cool, um, Jets, Tony. Come on, Jesus, it's a Christ. lot. Where were we at with uh, Revolution? Was that thirteen in total? Yeah, something like that. Which worked out okay because three of them were on the kickoff. The not the kickoff. Mm. Gee whiz, yeah, uh, the buy-in. That's it. So it was kind of like, well, the buy-in's going to be an hour long anyway. You might as well just fill it with matches. Um, <laughs> not if you're WWE, you don't. No, <laughs> two no. Two hours and no matches. Uh, me and Gareth streamed two hours of us watching a kickoff <laughs> show with no matches for WrestleMania. The dude DJing for yeah, a while. Yeah, like, uh, who I understand was some kind of relation to Nick Khan as well. Which, uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the, like, a weird situation going on there. Oh. Um, what, we just sat there, and if you tuned into our live stream, you'd have watched two men just sitting there going, oh, yeah, Booker T's got a suit on. <laughs> oh, it's Jake Paul. Class. Oh, uh, DX music, but it's EDM. Yeah. <laughs> what? Anyway, this one will have wrestling. There's one match announced for it so far for the buy-in. Um, you'd imagine, so Fightful reported yesterday that we're probably getting Darby Allen versus Kyle O'Reilly Darby Allen's out for revenge because Kyle O'Reilly pilmanized Sting last week. Uh, and oh, yeah. Sting is missing a fan fest this weekend, which I'm not sure is a work or a shoot. Either way, he's missing it. Uh, that's probably getting added to the pre-show. Already on the pre-show, Hookhausen versus Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling. Um, we probably don't need to... Uh, I'll give a quick rundown of the card. I won't go into too much detail because 30 matches. Um, Jade Cargill <laughs> versus uh, Anna Jay for the TBS title. House of Black versus Death Triangle. Um, for the rights to Alex Abraham as his Halloween costume, <laughs> I imagine. Um, the Hardys. Who gets a little gravestone next? <laughs> I've put your name on a gravestone. You're really screwed now. Um, <laughs> like, what could this possibly be? It's a gravestone. Yeah. What's he got under the cover? It's a gravestone. What's in the box? It up. Oh, my oh God, God, it's a gravestone. I wasn't going to be a Brad Pitt's wife's severed head. Was <laughs> uh, right, we've got uh, the Hardys versus the Young Bucks. We've got the Jericho Appreciation Society versus Eddie King. Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, John Moxley, and Brian Danielson in Anarchy in the Arena. Hey, we should uh, take this opportunity to plug that we've got a William Regal uh, interview that should we, be out on the YouTube yeah. channel right now and will be coming out as podcast very soon, I assume. We do indeed. Where he just goes all in on Jericho, uh, ripping him to pieces, and it's absolutely wonderful, and you should go watch it. So the kind of like the polar opposite of this nonsense content, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, they're, it is, they're yeah, both, yeah. both available. Like, we will give... Plus him a trout slapper at one point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, I had to Google it to make sure it wasn't something awful. <laughs> Not that I expect that of, you know, William Regal or whatever, but I was like, I have no idea what this is. Yeah, like if somebody said Burke, yeah. you yeah. wouldn't consider necessarily the entomology. That. It's the rudest yeah. word of the lot, isn't it? Yeah. Burke, it's Courtney Ryman slang for the, the naughtiest of all the naughties. It's, it's, it's something else. I mean, literally, the interview starts with, Adam, I ask him, hey, how are you, look, you looking forward to double, you know, standard opening yeah. stuff. And he's <laughs> just like, I hate Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I hate, well, we didn't even ask you that. And, and the best bit is that he, uh, he like, Regal's so desperate to bury him, he literally interrupts him like twice <laughs> just to keep on burying him. <laughs> just to keep insulting this man. Brilliant. Love it's it. great stuff. So in, in the interim there, I've uh, Googled the, um, the urban, <laughs> urban dictionary meaning of 
of uh, Trout Slap, right? There are two at the top of this page. Okay. okay. Obviously, this is a user-driven website, so it's you know, <laughs> all kinds of filth on here. Um, Read before you speak, Andy, just in case. <laughs> I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm being very careful. Uh, the first one is on IRC, shout-outs to IRC, uh, the act of using a built-in command to slap another user, frequently used for comic effect. I don't think that's what he means. I don't think that's yeah. what he means. That yeah. sounds... Far too high tech for a William Regal. It sounds like, but that that in itself sounds quite primitive internet, doesn't it? So maybe, yeah, like, maybe him true. and Jericho were banging into like their AOL chat maybe. back in the late nineties. So there's another one here, and it's uh, Jesus, like, right? This like is those animated <laughs> seals we've all recently become super fond of. That do that like sort of like head wobbles. It's a parrot, mate. Parrot. Uh, yeah. So this, this other one here, parrot just, with a monocle. I like that one. Just for the record, this one here has four thumbs up and seventy-five thumbs down, um, <laughs> and. The username is Dan nineteen twenty eight thirty seven forty six five. So I don't think it was William Regal. It was, <laughs> sounds like the average person in my Twitter mentions with that <laughs> handle. But effing um, <clears throat> another man's girl and then proceeding to slap him in the face with your unwashed cack. Therefore, <laughs> he gets his girl's clam juice. Oh my god! <laughs> on his face. Even have via the internet, everybody. Oh. Yeah, all right. I'm sorry. Is, is there a thing about like wiping your trout on the curtains? Then is that? Ah, oh, that's a trout wipe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He's a trout wiper. <laughs> he also calls him a toss pot. Do you want to Google that one? <laughs> <laughs> that one's open to interpretation. Uh, aye, it's something else. Uh, sorry, listeners, for uh, exposing to you, you to that nonsense from uh, Urban Dictionary. That's maybe that's so what that's double or nothing. Never. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's what's going to be occurring in this match. Uh, MGF versus Wardlow. Of course, if Wardlow wins, he is free of his contract. And if MGF wins, Wardlow is permanently banned. It's pro wrestling, probably not, yeah. uh, from signing with AEW. We've got the two finals of the Owen Hart Cup tournaments. Uh, Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho or Chris Statlander. That'll be determined on Rampage tonight. We've got Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole on the men's side of that. Uh, freeway for the Tag Team Championships. Jurassic Express defending against Ricky Starks, Paris Hobbs of Team Taz. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. We talked about Ricky Starks and Dynamite as well. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can. I, I didn't actually notice this when I was watching the show. Um, I, I guess maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention to this specific moment. But yeah. um, who would like to do the play-by-play of this? <laughs> I don't know the exact words of which he used, but he started off. He was on the apron, and yeah. he like did a jumping stomp on someone. I can't even Swerve. remember who it was. Swerve. And... Completely missed him, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and then went back to kick him again afterwards. And a guy in the audience went, you missed him. <laughs> and then Ricky Starks turned around at said person in the audience and said a lot of things about his uh, dad and his cum and how he should have missed him. <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, absolutely fantastic. Like NXT 2.0, this double or nothing preview was spunk soaked. All yeah. around, it? We've got like... This is like Bruce's office, isn't it? <laughs> you started it by doing your Simon Miller impression. That's I don't it. want to talk about cum. I don't want to talk about cum. <laughs> Two hours later, it's Trump's fucking in Ricky Starks. Aye. What was that? Aye. There we go. Yeah, very good. Uh, there'll be more vocal brilliance from Ricky Starks later in this podcast. Just a spoiler for later. I don't want to talk about cum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but where does it come from? These nuts. <laughs> where, where is it stored before that? Hey. There you go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, lads. You know, if there's any serious people with, like, actual qualifications listening to this podcast right now, they will be asking us. You got a journalist? <laughs> I'm getting the hang of this, boys. I'm getting the hang of this. By the way, there will be a quiz later on. I know I'm supposed to say that. <laughs> supposed to say that in the first minute. But I was too preoccupied 
we've figured out a song. Um, <laughs> All that formula stuff is like goes way, way back just to make sure people stick around. Like, why would they not from this introduction oh, and extend, you know, this like this no, one long it. intro that is this podcast? How could they not stick around off the back of this? <laughs> I mean, surely they're right now texting all of their friends, like, come on, get on the Walk Touch podcast. This is amazing. <laughs> you must have misread that um, card lineup because you told me uh, Death Triangle were working on the show, but that, they're in this room right now doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Well, Alex Abrahantes has already gone home from work. <laughs> Wilborn, of course. Uh, that was funny. That day we got a Twitter question and... Uh, Oh, the comparisons were just incredible. It was like, if you, if you could pick a, a counterpart for you in AEW on the roster, who would it be? Uh, the You were John Moxley, Hamflip. <laughs> like, oh, I will take that. Like, I might just leave now. Like <laughs> The most appropriate one was Sidgwick's pack. <laughs> it's very good. Very good indeed. Uh, kind of like technically excellent, but you don't want to mess with him because he yeah. will... Pff, rip your throat out <laughs> uh, and, and Wilborn was Alex Abrahantes so <laughs> I was answering it and I somehow came up with Cleary as Wardlow I don't know how I got to that but it, you know it felt it, it felt right um there are two more matches on this card <laughs> and, and that's the, what we're doing the world title matches uh Thunder Rosa defending against Serena Deeb uh which has had a remarkable uh 65 seconds of build um <laughs> across it's really rubbish the way they've the way they've promoted this should be a great match. Um, and Hangman Playing Page. Thunder Rosa off like she's at the Oscars and her speech is running long. Yeah, yeah, like they just started playing the music and she was like, ah, I'm, I'm not finished, guys. <laughs> Jeez, that was weird. That was really weird. Uh, let me give their woman's champion like a minute as well. The really weird build for this. Um, the Serena segment the other week was good. But, uh, and the main event, which Tony Khan has said, uh, will not be going on until after uh, I, the Golden State Warriors and the uh, Dallas Mavericks, I think, yeah, basketball it, game. He's, he's promised that if you're a fan of your American sports, you'll get to see the last touchdown before you play. You won't miss a home <laughs> run, see. and you'll still get to see the main that's, event. That's, that's, uh, that's, I mean, uh, that's on a seven-hour pay-per-view, I don't think there's any, <laughs> <laughs> any reason to believe that wouldn't be the case anyway. Yeah, I think we'll be covering this thing until Friday um, <laughs> at, the, at this rate. But yes, Hangman Page versus CM Punk in the main event. Uh, so I guess we should probably uh, do some analysis or something. <laughs> I don't know. Analysis? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's not what people are <laughs> I mean, when you hear my... Oh, if they were, they have turned off long ago. <laughs> if they are here, they're very stupid for that because that's not what I bring to the table, son. Um, so th there you go. That's that's a brief lineup. Uh, are we anticipating anything more being added? What do we reckon? It's never off the table with TK, it's is never, it? Sounds that way, doesn't it? Yeah. This Darby Allen, Kyler Riley thing doesn't fill me full of joy, but at least that you gave me like the storyline <clears throat> reminder of why there's a rationale for it. Yeah. And... It's weird. Sting is like front and centre on this poster as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Like the... It's... A Dar I'm not particularly a Darby Allen guy, but then the AW pay-per-views probably should feature a Darby Allen. The problem is it features just about everybody else on the roster. Yeah. So when you leave somebody mm -hmm. off, you're basically, well, not everybody on the roster, that's an exaggeration, but all of the main key and some peripheral players. So when you leave somebody off, you kind of designated them as an outsider to all of this. FTR are notable by their absence. If yeah. Kyler Riley doesn't go on, like Red Dragon the same. Uh, and there's longer form thoughts on the this very podcast feed if you want to go listen to our Double Nothing preview if you're concerned there isn't enough analysis on this <laughs> <very podcast. laughs> but truthfully I think um, optimism at the moment is a little bit low and mm. expectations are more measured than usual and excitement levels are maybe not what we would normally have for this pay-per-view it probably bodes well you know mm -hmm. because there's enough quality wrestlers on this roster to make sure that this delivers on the night 
There's only so much, even if this is badly structured, even if this is badly laid out, there's only so much that can go wrong with this many combinations of such potential. So I think that creeping sense of disinterest that people have got in this card might actually benefit it. Um, after All Out, and then I'd say to a lesser extent Full Gear, expectations were just sky high for AW pay-per-views. And I would say a revolution somehow managed to live up to those. Oh, that revolution was an excellent show. Mm-hmm. And people were coming off the back of this run of pay-per-views where all of a sudden AEW were entering like a, a different stratosphere as a pay-per-view company. It's not been ideal to watch the product fall off a little bit over these last few months, but this will probably be a, like mostly a great time. <clears throat> and I think people will probably leave this in a better mood mm-hmm. with the product yeah. than when they started. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those where, like, WWE do this all the time, mainly because they just don't hype shows at all. But when (laughs) they don't hype shows, like, they always, like, you get to the show and it's just wrestlers doing wrestler things and they ended up knocking out at the park and you have a really fun show. Like, this is a time where you're going in for maybe one of the first times or one of the very, very few times, at least, with kind of lowered measured expectations for an AEW pay-per-view. And you look at the card, like, there's still a lot of good stuff in there. Like, there's still going to be a lot of matches that are just going to absolutely smash it. Like, Samoa Joe and Adam Cole and things like that. It's, like, it's going to be really fun. Like, CM Punk, uh, Hangman Page, like, if you take away the kind of odd build for it, like, the match itself is probably going to be absolutely brilliant. Like, there's a Mm. lot of things that you're not super excited for, but will end up being probably amazing on the night. And hopefully that leads them to a trajectory to build a bit of momentum again because they've kind of lost that kind of steam. You sort of... Tony Khan's in the position at the moment as a booker of that football manager with, uh, like uh, that when they're always saying football, the cliches, it's a nice problem to have if you've got an embarrassment of riches and you can't quite work out who to select, but it's really awful when the manager keeps getting it wrong. And this does feel like there's a series of pairings here that whilst not bad on paper and the kind of the match, just good wrestling by assumption, isn't it? Yep. You, you said Samoa Joe and Adam Cole. That's the sort yep. of the two names that come together and you're like, well, theoretically they should have a great match. Yep. But lots of the stories feeding in, lots of the pairings that have come together have just maybe not felt like the most dynamic use of the talents yep. available. There's been a creeping sense of a lack of focus, I would say, in AEW of late. And all of these things are kind of all one central similar problem when you break them all down. So maybe getting through this pay-per-view is as important as doing a good job with it. Get through this cycle, see if and when uh, they can get the Ring of Honor. I was going to say TV deal. Whatever Ring of Honor is, if Mm -hmm. they can finally figure that out and get that off to one side, then, I don't know, if they escape this unscathed, there's always another pay-per-view cycle. There's always a new set of combinations, and there's like there might be a feeling after this that when these wrestlers are finally finished in these stories and angles, that the thing they move on to next is infinitely more satisfying than yes. what they've been doing the last couple of months. Yeah, and the, the proof will be in the, the pay-per-view buys when they come out, I guess, because yeah. they've established this pretty high <laughs> base level now after after uh, All Out last year, which, you know, they, they do very well to hit that number again. Um, but, you know, the, the year over year, these numbers are going up, and they're they're in a nice kind of mid-hundred thousands region with the majority of their pay-per-views these days. So, you know, if it comes out, a couple of weeks from now, and it's below that. Then obviously they've done a really poor job of of promoting uh, Hangman on top. Yes, like that that in yes. itself should have the spine to draw one of the biggest yeah. pay numbers ever. Yeah, exactly, like that that title match. We talked about this over the desk the other day, Murray. It's almost kind of an indictment that we're not all just assuming record pay-per-view by yeah. Yeah. Because that, like, six months ago, of all you the looked at that, that this think, is the money combo, isn't it? Punk of all, all the feuds that's a no-brainer to build as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, his Punk Hangman. Like, you do that, you think about that in the future, and you're like, oh, my God, it's a Punk Hangman. They do an amazing build. That's, like, yeah. two really good characters that can do good character work leading into a big match. And it's like, oh, well. It's been strange, it confusing, <laughs> muddled. Um 
I think it's one of those feuds where so many people have different interpretations of like, oh, it's meant to be a reflective thing of the backstage area or, or Paige is cr- uh, uh, trying to convince himself of these words, which is my favorite version of it. I think the key to enjoying this the most is to just make up your own version in your head yeah. <laughs> and go with that. It's like I was thinking um, like a lot of the things that have been said about Punk throughout all of the feuds with him is that like nobody really trusts him in yeah, a way. Like, yeah. And that's kind of been ushered in in pretty much every single feud he's had so far. And it's like, are they actually going to pay that off? Or is that just a weird thing that's like, or just happenstance that it's I'd come across like that? It felt to me like, especially after the go-home promo between the two, like a lot of the debate in the discourse sort of missed the point for me. It's like, I, I agree with both of what you're saying, really. There are elements of the characters that you, can, that you can choose to take. There are things that you can choose to make sense of and thus enhance your personal enjoyment of the match. But... What I think was up for actual discussion was how much people just earnestly enjoyed what they watched. How much did they genuinely feel? And enough people were saying, I didn't feel that was that great. Yeah. And that's yeah. what matters the most here. Yeah. That's, uh, again, like the headcanon. Like, there was loads of headcanon to be done. Even what You were given loads of stuff explicitly with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. And yet loads of that was still stuff that you could put together through being the elite or through your own interpretation of the characters. The one thing that people agreed on was they were loving it. That hasn't been the case here. There hasn't been universal agreement. MJF and CM Punk again. Like there hasn't been universal agreement that this program rules. This program is just kicking ass and firing all cylinders at just the right time. Yeah. And I think that's probably the more important debate than where maybe, you know, they've maybe left a few details out with the characters. It's just how yeah. much have people actually enjoyed this? And I've been rooting for this. I've wanted to enjoy this more than I have. Yeah. And there's been a couple of weeks. I've thought, here we go, here we go, here we go. And then it's just never really quite sparked. It's bristled. Yeah. But never really like sparked into life in the way I would have liked. It's kind of echoed that kind of throughout the card a little bit as well, like from top to bottom, apart from the MJF one, which is, mm, again, yeah. the one that stands out as the one that's actually like really well built yeah. from day to day. Like even the like uh, the tournaments and things, like you'd mm. think they've spent ages on these tournaments, then you'd have a logical end where you're like really excited about the fun Hartley and you're like, well, it's going to be a good match, but there's no real reason to care. No. And for a tournament that they've put so much effort into, you'd think that would really be there. It's really odd that it's a, it's a shame. Again, this is one of the things where you kind of have to, like, it's, I get no joy from saying this, like, because they're the inaugural Owen Hart tournaments and the principal thinking behind them is such a, it's such a nice thing yeah, yeah. as well. The foundations of this, like, no pun intended, are just, uh, like, quite powerful and what they're starting to represent and, like, wrestling fans have wanted Owen Hart's legacy and AEW have found a way to, curate that one thing without going against the wishes of Martha Hart, which always would have been the way if it was within WWE. So this should be perfect, right? And yet they've kind of folded their own internal storylines into the brackets of a tournament. So you've never been able to just think about a wrestler traveling through the brackets or try to, like very few wrestlers are in this tournament to be in this tournament. And one of the only ones that were, were Dax and Cash. And Dax went out in the first round and Cash went in a qualifier against him. Everything else has been about, like Adam Cole, fought Tommy Rishi in his first round or his qualifier. And that was a bit of like Forbidden Door adjacent yeah. stuff. And now him and Kyle O'Reilly were doing a bit about, hey, we're going to get the final Undisputed Elite, finger poker doom stuff. It's like the rest is kind of more involved in their own angles. And it just so happens that these brackets have fallen neatly yeah. into yeah. into their laps. Yeah. And uh, the, the, you think about like the, the men's final in particular, Adam Cole wins this. He's, it's going to be over in an instant. He's not going to 
land on this Owen thing for a while because he's going to go and continue his undisputed elite storyline with yeah. the Young Bucks. And if Samoa Joe wins this, oh, here's Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh. And it's, it feels like they're going to speed past this at a million miles an hour, which would really stink, and I hope it doesn't happen. Um, I do hope that Mark Bahart is in the building, yeah. at very least, or if not presenting the belts mm-hmm. yeah. uh, to the winners. I think that would be really nice. And the whole family, they were there... Uh, couple of weeks ago on Dynamite, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, was it the start of the tournament they were there for? It was just midway through, I think. Yeah. It was like yeah. one of the maybe the quarterfinals or this one of the semis or something. But yeah. the, like and I'm I'm sure I read online that like Martha will be there. Yeah. And I think you're right. <clears throat> I think presentation is is you know, I think it'll elevate the whole thing yeah. as well. Like I've yeah. predicted Britt Baker and Adam Cole win and it's just where we are where we are now. They're yeah. both they're both stars and they're both gonna get belts and they'll yep. there'll be a nice visual of Martha Hart in between Power, kind of power couple sort of vibe, you know. Yeah. It's something, I think, to kind of rescue this from just, f- like, falling through the cracks a little bit, you know, yeah. just, like, not yeah. really feeling like a... I think it's like you say there, Murray, this needs, to, this needs to feel important Yeah, on the night. It needs to feel like it's prestigious because you're going to want to do it next year and it not feel like, oh, last year's was a bust. So it's got to land, doesn't it, this first time of just being this big, momentous occasion for AEW. Yeah, otherwise it'll just become the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That's the last thing you want, isn't it? Like the way that thing very quickly became nothing. Um, uh, what on earth was I going to say? <laughs> I, I think a couple of good, like really great matches in the final would, would go a long way, I think, because for me, this tournament has suffered so far from a lack of just great matches. Mm. Like mm. things I could earnestly sit there and go, yes, that is a four star plus match. Dash and Cash, I thought was sensational. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure there are some others that, like uh, Colin Dax was really great as well. Mm. Um, I enjoyed I, O'Reilly's Mojo as well. Yeah, that was good this week as well. I, like, I appreciated that they took this, the arm story from the previous week and carried it. I like nerd stuff like that. Yeah. Like it, you pay stuff off week to week. I'm into it. Um, I, I know a lot of people were very high on Kyle versus Phoenix. I didn't really land for me, um, but I'm not going to sit here and argue with you if you thought it was awesome. Um, so like a couple of blow away matches could could really uh, benefit here. But Joe versus Cole is interesting. Joe, obviously, you know, not the physical force he used to be, but I've really enjoyed his run so far. Um, I liked the, the Kyle match this week. I loved the Suzuki match uh, earlier on in his run. Um, Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho or Chris Statlander is... Uh, a bit more difficult. So I was just looking it up there while you, you chaps were talking. Britt Baker's match with Tony Storm from this week's episode of Dynamite is currently the lowest rated AW match of 2022 on Cage Match. Now, that doesn't factually mean anything, right? Yeah. But subjectively, 109 people have voted on this. And, you know, by that majority of opinion, uh, next to it, it's way lower than the, the second worst match, which was the Hardys versus the Butcher and the Blade, which obviously didn't go as planned yeah. uh, on TV. So I, I, I wary of this one a little bit more. I think that uh, Ruby's beaten Chris, I think, on, on Rampage. I, I think Statlander is excellent, and I like this remake of her. I think she's low-key maybe the apart from maybe Serena Deeb, maybe the best person at elevating people in matches and, and giving people their best match in the division. She's really, really good at playing like a Vanguard standard bearer type wrestler. Um, I think we're going to get Ruby and Britt. Um, Ruby's run maybe hasn't been as high level between the ropes as we'd hoped so far. I think she resonates extremely well on TV. I like her a lot. She's really likable. Um, but in the ring, we, we've not quite hit that level. And of course, we had the match from them at Grand Slam, which was... Good, but I think great would be a bit of a stretch. So 
hopefully uh, it comes together for them in the ring. Hopefully they find their chemistry. Um, you've picked the two heels to win, Michael. Yeah. Um, I think Cole's going to win the men's, but Ruby's going to win the women's. What do you think, Phil? I am with you on that one, I think. I think Ruby needs it a lot more than Britt will ever yeah. need it. Um, I do think it's really odd that Tony Storm didn't win that match. Like, it just makes a lot more sense going forward. I can't work out they didn't arrive at, I, yeah. I know it wasn't very good. Yeah. I can't believe they didn't arrive at that as the final. Yeah, yeah. 100%. It's, it's, Especially it's that's the logical well, story. Like, we talked yeah. about the, their own stories getting in the way of the uh, tournament brackets and things, and they're kind of feeding the tournament brackets into their own stories. That's the one time they've done that, but then taken it away at yeah. the same time. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense. It seemed like the most logical build. But yeah, Roby needs this a lot more. I think she's looking a bit more comfortable now on TV than she has in yeah. a long time. Like the promo that she did on Dynamite, no, it's just a little backstage thing, but she felt a lot more like herself. Like yeah, she was a bit more definitely. comfortable with who she is in AEW. And hopefully that comes across in matches as well because yeah. she's not really had a chance. Well, she's not really shown that yet. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. But they need to have a good match in this one, I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I think both finals could certainly use with hitting a level, an av- a level above the average yeah. of the tournament so far. Um, I'll just run through some other bits and pieces really quickly. Um, I mean, Jade Cargill versus Anjay, that's going to be a squash. Yep. Um, <laughs> House of Black versus uh, Death Triangle will be a mental spot fest, and I can't wait. Yep. Um, <laughs> you probably say the same for the tag team title match, right? Just yeah. yeah. That that triple, don't don't use the WWE word, that freeway on Dynamite was probably a really good preview of what it's going to be. Yeah. Creative spots, people interacting with more than two people at once. It's not just one guy waiting over mm, here yeah. while you do moves. Uh, go, 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 go. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, MGF versus Wardlow. I mean, it's the best storyline in AEW at the moment, right? Yeah, 100%. Right. Yeah, we all agree on that. Um, I do love about that as well, just on that. It's it's the best storyline in AEW. It's the thing that I think everybody's probably the most ramped up for on the card, maybe apart from the main event because it's so unpredictable. Yeah. But... In loving the journey of Wardlow getting the match, I think it's been easy to overlook the prospect that MJF might win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the they're kind of what they've done with um Wardlow is they've mirrored Cody versus MJF. So you have the lashes, you have the cage. And all of that came from Cody. Well, MJF turned on Cody after Cody lost the match, which was for everything as far as Cody was concerned. He lost that match and he couldn't fight for the title. This is kind of similar to that, isn't it? Wardlow could lose this match and then he can't fight for any title because he can't have a job. But the mere existence of Ring of Honor over here at least creates this thread of believability. Well, Tony Khan has seen all this go down and think, well, there's no way that this man is getting left unemployed. Yeah, I'd like to welcome Wardlow to Ring of Honor and yeah. for MJF to fume that he thought he'd finally got a shot of this guy forever, but he's in the company next door and he's always going to be breathing down his neck or something like that. I'm not sure if I think that's going to happen, yeah. but I... I just think it's not worth entirely overlooking. Yeah. Like they, they've yeah, done such a good job of, Cedric made the comparison on our Dynamite review of the week. He made the Austin McMahon comparison because not only is it sort of this authority type figure versus the anti-hero, the kind of the working man trying to break through, but typically Wardlow kind of gets to win most weeks by the end, kind of mm-hmm. gets the last word. So you're always, no matter what MJS set up, Wardlow's knocked it down, but you're there for it again next week. At what point? Does the big he- does the heel get something big mm-hmm. of Wardlow? Like, is it out of pay for you? Can you take that risk basically and somehow find a way to stretch this out even longer because yeah. it's so over? It's an interesting prospect of where the two people are on the card as well. Like, cause, yeah. like either way, whatever happens in the match, like MJF is on the cusp of like mm-hmm. bona fide main event, absolute star, like top yeah. of the company yeah. kind of level, and Wardlow is just there, ready to. 
be truly heated up and like mm. go on a really like big tear through AEW or whatever. Like the story that's done is such a good job of getting him over to the point where people they want to see MJF get his ass kicked and then they want to see MJF to, um, Wardlow just kind of tear through people. Yeah. But it's like either way, even if like MJF does win, there's still still be another way of getting back to it at some point where mm, MJF yeah. can finally get his comeuppance. And it's just how you nudge both of them at the same time up onto that next level where they really need to be. Yeah, um, for sure. And like. It, it, you could do this the Ring of Honor thing that you've described there, Hamlet. You could, yeah, he's gone to Japan. Yeah, you know, he's all yeah. oh, Wardlow's in the G One. Oh my goodness, <laughs> something like that. You could he maybe he could win the United States uh, IWGP United States yeah. title. MGF gets really bored. There's like loads of way where you can put Wardlow in a corner for a while mm. and he'll do really well, and then MGF will go, "That guy's doing really well. I don't like this. Come back and I'll beat you." All that said, I did actually predict a Wardlow win on the other podcast yes, we did. Because I, <laughs> because I quite like the idea of FTR running off Sean Spears. Yeah. They've been very careful to note that Wardlow's got no friends because yeah. of all the time he spent with MJF, he basically alienated everybody in the locker room, which is why nobody comes to his aid yeah. now. But who were the two people that he didn't alienate? It was FTR because of the yeah. pinnacle. Yeah. And MJF and Sean Spears have kind of conveniently just pretended that everything's fine in the pinnacle, whilst... FTR have turned babyface yep. and seen the error of all their ways. So it'd be quite nice if Sean Spears is just a total rat all the way through. They run him off. MJF realizes not only is he all alone, but after all this, it's going to be their fault. Yeah. And there's a new direction for his spite is the, the formal death of the pinnacle. Yeah. And there's a lot. You, you could have MJF pay off Tully Blanchard and bring in the Gates of Agony, his new yeah. tag team and stuff. There's loads of really interesting directions, I think, no matter what way you take this match. But yeah, I mean, when you see things like. If MJF wins, Wardlow will be permanently banned from signing with Ada. It's, like, it's pro wrestling, you know. Yep. It's part of the fun, uh, those those stipulations that never stick. Um, I mean, Thunderosa versus Serena Deeb. Uh, yep, put them on TV more. That would have been nice, but Serena Deeb is awesome. Thunderosa is awesome. I'm sure the match will be good. Um, yeah, I think that's... I mean, we can't really break down every single one because we're already 35 minutes in, but <laughs> hey, here's hoping for a good pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... Shall we move over to WWE and their um, interesting pay-per-view situation of their own? Mm. Uh, that's all right. <clears throat> Cowards. <laughs> arisen, <laughs> arisen last night. Uh, wow, this is something else. So Money in the Bank was originally, it was part, Nick Khan, uh, the big dog. What is that his job title? President and big dog um, of Slick Nick of WWE um, had this. I believe he masterminded this idea of having seven or eight or whatever it is, stadium shows, major ones in the US, a bunch of them in summer, that being Money in the Bank, uh, SummerSlam and Clash at the Castle, of course. Um, really have these huge arenas. So they booked the Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Conveniently forgetting that they can very rarely sell out an arena rather than a stadium. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, though, the one in Wales... It's very good of them to do like a What Culture Post show, isn't it? It's going to be like nice them, that's going to yeah. be like they're talking smack for, for a Clash near the castle. <laughs> yeah. if it's we, nice of them to put something on for us. If we sell out before Clash at the castle, <laughs> I know we're only selling like you know. We're no, not we selling 60,000 tickets. <laughs> we can make like a percentage game of it. It's like, oh, we've sold uh, 75% of our tickets. Yeah. Your move, WWE. Yeah. WWE can make up their attendance figures. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll tape a section off if we don't. <laughs> It'll be fine. Um, but yeah, so they had this ambitious plan. It was going to be Allegiant Stadium, which attracted around 51,000 fans for SummerSlam last year. Uh, SummerSlam was a blockbuster last year with John Cena versus, versus Roman Reigns. And then on the night, this wouldn't sell tickets because you didn't know what was happening, but Becky returned and, and Brock returned and all that stuff. Um, yeah, there we're going to run Allegiant Stadium. Um, 
looks very much like they didn't sell enough tickets, and that's why they've moved to the MGM Grand looks Garden Looks like we Arena. didn't get enough tickets. <laughs> well, <laughs> looks like we haven't got a single main event. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a bunch of stuff going on here. Looks like Roman Reigns screwed us up. <laughs> <laughs> Nick can at it again. Um, what am I trying to say here? Spit it out, Andrew. You're hosting the podcast this week. Um, so... It sold per Dave Meltzer's latest reporting, 6th of May. Uh, it's sold 16,833 tickets for this event. Now, WrestleTix, I believe, tweeted yesterday saying they've distributed probably somewhere around 17,000 by that point. So that would include, using the word distributed, I assume that would include some comps here and there as well. Now, the problem with this now is that they've moved away from Allegiant Stadium, which Attracted 51,000 last year, and they've already committed to 17-odd thousand tickets. The MGM Grand Garden is going to be calibrated for around 12,000. So WWE have, uh, you know, the right thing to do is, hey, refunds, obviously, right? And then they've said, whoever bought a ticket, you have first dibs. You can you have a chance to buy tickets for this one first. But the problem is you have 5,000 more yeah. <laughs> than can fit in the building. So there's going to be some interesting... Very unfortunate things coming out for people who've maybe arranged travel, maybe flying there, maybe accommodation, all of this, and now find themselves unable to get tickets. I'm sure that will come out. I'm sure we will hear all about it uh, across across the internet. But my goodness gracious, what a what a what a turn of events! A little bit ambitious of them to think they could they could run money in the bank in this state. I think that's objective, going by the amount of tickets they sold. I've always been a fan of. Just run a building appropriate to your size. I know it's WWE and they want to have the big, massive stadium, but when it's half empty, what's yeah. the point? This it's is like the, the biggest scale five-star wrestling you can possibly yeah. imagine. <laughs> Speaking of five-star wrestling, we've got a, a, a treat for you coming up next. Um, yeah, it, it, they do it on TV as well every week when there's like 5,000 people at Raw and they run this 15,000-seater basketball arena or whatever. And it's like, why? Run the smaller buildings that yeah. AEW's run. You'll have a better atmosphere. You won't have to sit everyone on one side really awkwardly. You won't have to go, hey, cameraman, you can't shoot that side because it's got tarpaulin over it. It's just, it's a weird move. I think that part of their strategy in doing this is the idea that if it's in a stadium or a bigger basketball arena, it's a more prestigious venue, therefore they can get away with charging more money for tickets, therefore revenue isn't too bad. But live events have been massive money losers for this company for ages. You've got to think that a smaller arena would be cheaper. I think, is it... So, you know, like, obviously there's been the obvious comparisons to WrestleMania 7 with Sergeant Slaughter and the, the, the terror and the bomb threats because he was just such an overheal and, the, you know, that same. Back then, I think Vince McMahon had ran, you know, WrestleMania 3... Uh, 78 or 93, it doesn't really matter. Tons and tons of people. Yeah. Toronto Skydome, same again, around 50 to 60,000 for WrestleMania 6 and believed that you could still do it at least once a year. Back then, I think it was about that end goal that you've just described of, you know, the, the filling the buildings and the gate receipts and all that kind of stuff. Nick Khan, pretty much from day dot in his job, has been key to the massaging of WWE's perception, right? So like mm -hmm. those TV deals in 2018 that came into effect in 2019 with a tipping point, as I remember infamously, Brandon Thurston gave us the details with a tipping point from when WWE made more money from rights fees and television agreements and the like than consumer spending. Business to business. Yeah, yeah. business to business. Thank you. Yeah, so it never came back and it was never destined to. And we all kind of had that, oh, if we thought creative was bad before, what about even now when they're not even serving a customer? They're serving what people think 
WWE is, right? So like WWE for years now has been more about what people, and by people I mean investors, stockholders, all them types, television network executives, what people think it is rather than what us sat around this table, the people that watch every week, what it actually is, what we consume and what we might occasionally enjoy about it. And I think that's the stadium philosophy through and through. And I Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Don't think this will put him off either. There will come... The problem is, which he has found firsthand here, is that every now and then the tail still does need to wag the dog. You can't just have this Roman Reigns thing and be like, look, Roman Reigns, big star. Yes, true, objective facts. WrestleMania, big brand. Yes, true, objective facts. Still, like, leveraging so much against the WrestleMania name. Yes, you can sell all these things off Roman Reigns and WrestleMania. You can't sell... a. 12-month calendar around it. You can't sell shows off the back of one star with no... Cody Rhodes was the one guy used in the advert, if you remember, walking across the Allegiant Stadium football pitch. So that was them effectively saying, if it's not Roman Reigns and if it's not WrestleMania, it's pretty much Cody or Bust. So the poster for it was just Cody Rhodes and that's front and centre. And he's the guy they've bought. You know, he's the guy they've signed away from the opposition to have a star because they didn't have another one. So... I think this, I'm really glad this has happened because there was almost, for the last three years, there was nothing really that you were armed with as a fan of the product that gave you reason to hope that there was any chance of a change. Sure. I'm not suggesting that one move of a stadium is going to make them think, oh, we need to like overhaul our operations and build stars again. I, 
I'm not saying we're going to go back yeah. to that, but maybe the odd one or two might be nice. You know, the odd, just two or three more people that feel like you could draw tickets with. Because the Kaza conversation not been for weeks. Who have they got for three stadiums? Like, and yeah. nobody's had the answer because the people don't exist. Yeah. You can, it's not The Rock. So short of that, there is there is nobody at this point. You've just done Steve Austin. Just yeah. done Steve Austin and Brock yeah. Lesnar over two main events, that sort of thing. There's just, there's nobody and there never was. And now they're down to two stadiums, bruised egos and all. And like maybe, just maybe, it cannot all be about massaging perception. And a little bit of it still has to be what brought them to the dance in the first place. Yeah. Um, I think the funniest thing about this as well, like outside of, uh, the sort of WWE inner workings behind it and why they haven't sold that many tickets and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're moving from 40-odd thousand seat arena to a 12,000 seat yeah. with the MGM Grand. <laughs> the T-Mobile arena exists in Vegas, which is 20,000. A, they could have gone run that <laughs> and just put the 17,000 in there. Everyone would have had a ticket and they still would have had 3,000 left, which they probably could have sold by. Yeah, for then. sure. B, AEW uh, are running that on Sunday and I've already sold it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so either T-Mobile Arena maybe might might have been booked already you yeah. know, for that night. You never know. And that's why they had to go for the smaller arena. But the MGM Grand, the first double or nothing. Yeah. So AEW was, graduated from that building to the T-Mobile one and w- oh, w- oh, the other way. That's quite sweet. That, somebody, somebody. What dates, what dates money in the bank? It is the 2nd of July. Let's see. Let's money see if the there's bank. anything on, on at the team. Is there a sports arena. team that plays there? They've got a ice hockey team in, in Las Vegas now, don't they? The Knights. The what? Okay. The, the LA Knights, the second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they've got UFC on. Ah, oh, there you go. Uh, so that's we, almost disappointing. Oh, yeah. man. Head to head arena business. Head to head arena business. That's great. UFC as well. So uh, coming out of that, I really hope that someone makes a snarky comment on Dynamite next week about yeah. ticket sales in yeah. Las Vegas. Like, I know a lot of people don't like that. Personally, it gives me <laughs> life. Uh, it's the equivalent of an espresso shot in the morning. Uh, take more shots at each other, companies. It is fun. Back and forth. I love it all. Um, right. Speaking of very ambitious wrestling shows, uh, Wrestling Entertainment Series. Um, this, I don't know why we're talking, well, no, I do know why. Um, this came about several weeks ago, so it's not new, and it's happening next week. I don't know week. why we're not going to this show. That's what I don't know. <laughs> this is it. This is it. It's next weekend, bosses, if you're listening. Where is it? Uh, it's in Nottingham. Nottingham. We Wilborn's there all the time. We could, we we could, could just that, hit yeah. a ride. Hit a ride. Um, <laughs> not like there isn't tickets <laughs> So realistically, we're just talking about this because I wanted a wacky topic for before we do the quiz. So... The Wrestling Entertainment Series, for those who don't know, is the new promotion that has been started by the Offers of Pain, the former Offers of Pain, Raker, Raker, (laughs) Akim and Razar, uh, who are they formerly known as in WWE, who um, hadn't done anything in wrestling since they were let go by WWE, and they've re-emerged, and they could not have re-emerged in a more insane fashion. I cannot possibly think of a way they could have re-announced themselves in the wrestling scene other than going to DDT and wrestling the Panda and the Blow Up Doll <laughs> uh, in the same match. Wrestling Entertainment Series from their official press release. The future is here. The future of sports entertainment is now what they are doing. And they announced this on like four weeks notice. That's not a lot of yeah. time to sell tickets. Uh, on the 4th of June, that's next week in Nottingham, England. Why are they running in England? I don't know. <laughs> uh, they've they've got this card. They've booked this show, right? The arena is the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham. And you hear the word arena and you think that's going to have a big capacity. And sir, you would be correct if you were making that assumption because this thing holds 10,000 people. <laughs> it's their first show, need I remind you. Uh, 
Brit Rest is not exactly in a great position. <laughs> Are you talking about his back? This is classic Brit Rest right here. It really <laughs> is, isn't it? This is the biggest Brit Rest show since SummerSlam 92, and they've got him before Clash at the Castle. Fair play to them. It really is the second coming of uh, five-star wrestling, isn't it? Where, yeah. you know, the over-ambitious project hosted here in the UK, where they booked all these former WWE names and booked colossal arenas and sold 200 tickets a pop. And they booked an entire arena tour, if you don't know yeah. what that is already, around the UK over several weeks and sold, yeah, like you say, 200 tickets and still ran the shows in the goddamn massive arena with 200 them. people next to it. Well. They also announced that they were going to have CM Punk on one of their shows. Without telling CM Punk. <laughs> as much as you two will be disgusted by the line I'm about to say, we're all of similar ages. We're either of you two... <laughs> it's not even remotely correct. Did either of you two have your fingers burnt by Wrestle Express once upon a time at the Coventry Sky Dome? No, it was like no. post. So Vincent bought WCW, and then this guy called, I think he was called like Ryan Hewson, who fancied himself as a local promoter, booked the Coventry Sky Dome, and he was like, I've got Eric Bischoff and Rob Van Dam and everybody else from WCW and ECW. And he had nobody. And the show was like this... This like it was a catalogue of Brit Res esque failures, and it, I think they ran it in the end as like a basic like British indie show in like a taped off version of the Coventry Skydome, whatever yeah. it was. But yeah, like for years, when they, like talk about killing the business, killing the town, killing the territory, it certainly put me off going anywhere near any one of these. What five or six big like one yeah. one name as an import? That's one thing. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. a whole night of big whole stars. Lot. This yeah. can't fail. Like. That was the thing from Five Star. They weren't lacking yeah. star power, and they still only managed to sell like 200 tickets. Yeah, in these you just remember arenas. from it, don't you? You're like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You tuned into a Five Star thing, and you saw Rey Mysterio farting around on this grey arena floor with a yeah. dozen people in the background with Rob Van Dam. It was so weird. <laughs> it was so weird. Uh, and it sounds like this is going to go down a similar route. Um, obviously, you know, more promotions entering the marketplace is great, but I have no idea what to... I'll, shall we just run through the cards? Yeah, please. This is absurd, <laughs> right? So there's two pre-show matches here. Uh, pre, I love that it's there's got, a pre-show. It's got a pre-show. God forbid a wrestling show doesn't have a pre-show. <laughs> what are they doing? Are they keeping the finger? Like, is this getting broadcast on YouTube? It's like, get yourself down to the motor point. Here's a sampler of what you could get if you get... I'm six hours away. Well, get yourself in the car and you could make it for the main event. <laughs> Look at all these seats that are available just, like, What a pre-show. So charged with selling tickets uh, or pay-per-view buys uh, for, for that main show, uh, we've got... Dirty Dango. Oh, I mean, fan, right, okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> sold. Versus Levin's Val- Levis Valenzuela Jr. That's no way, Jose. So you've okay. got okay. kind of like a WWE undercard match, mm-hmm. chilling yeah. there. Uh, Mike Bennett versus Biff Busick. Biff Busick is Oni Larkin, for anyone yeah. who might not know, which is very weird because Oni Larkin seems to have an incredible indie match every single weekend. Yeah. Uh, he's the anomaly on this card. But yeah, for, I hope hey, he's... someone's going to pay for him to pretty much go on holiday probably phone it in an arena and then have a nice time in the UK. <laughs> exactly. Free <laughs> holiday, baby. Here yeah. that he's going to be expected to work a miracle. Oh, uh, yeah, Mike that. Miracle yeah, of the Bennett guy. <laughs> uh, shout outs to the Pope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Elijah Burke, he said that on commentary once. It was very funny. Not the actual Pope. Yeah, not that. Shout out. <laughs> Somebody isolate, shout out to the Pope. <laughs> this podcast. I was wrestle coach this week, shout out to the Pope. <laughs> this podcast comes to you live from the Vatican City. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that was a, a Pope commentary line. Our new sponsor, Catholicism. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that could be quite lucrative. Catholicism's huge. Um, and then on to the main card, you've got Lindsay Dorado, who 
Uh, he maintains his ring name. He used that before WWE, so that's probably why. Uh, he's facing Dean Matadi, who is a Mojo Raleigh. Mm-hmm. So this will be his first match, I think, since leaving WWE as well. Lot, that's a common theme. Yeah. Um, you've got Madison Rain and Tanil Dashwood, who are active in Impact, versus Diona Perazzo and Chelsea Green, who are also inactive, uh, active in Impact. So that you know, makes a little sense mm. there. Um, also, that's for the Women's Tag Team Championships for these, this promotion. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yep. For all the marbles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> We have a freeway here. Uh, Killer Cross versus Samurai Del Sol versus Jonah. Of course, that would be Carrion Cross, Callisto, and Bronson Reed. Uh, then the promoters are working third from the top here, brother. Hey. Uh, it's the Legion of Pain. That's their new their new ring name. Um, versus Blake and Macklin. That's uh, Blake and Cutler, of course. Mm-hmm. The former uh, guys who got screwed over by that insane bell end. Yeah. Uh, Towards the end of their time, are those in for WWE. like some tag belts? I was going to say, are those for the tag belts? Those are for the world tag team. Uh, Looking themselves in the tag championship. Is there a one that says built on this? Classic. Classic. He hasn't got a belt. Classic right. carny promoter. Unless, unless they're right going to win an egg. They're, oh, they might win an egg. <laughs> but yeah, there's, that, that, that's that. Uh, the women's world champ. This is my favorite match on the yep. card. Uh, CJ Perry, that's Lana, uh, versus Leah, Lena, sorry, Fanini. That's. Uh, <laughs> Nia Jax. So the second from the top is Nia Jax versus Lana. And then on top. put her through a table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My hole. Nia's under siege. <laughs> that's, that's finished. Office, office lore. Match uh, of the year. And the main the event, year. right? What is this? What is this main event? This is what they're going to be selling tickets with. Adam the Titan Shear. That's uh, Braun Strowman, yep. of course. Okay, so that makes chew, sense. Choo choo. Choo choo, baby. <laughs> that makes sense. He's the biggest name on this card mm-hmm. uh, from a wrestling perspective. Obviously, put him in the main event for the world title. Who's his opponent? Alistair Overeem. Alistair Overeem never wrestled a match in his life. A few short months ago, <laughs> Alistair Overeem, during an appearance on Ariel Helwani's I think it was... On... Fascinated to see how you word this, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it was on the MMA hour, but he was interviewed by Helwani, who does a great job. Um, described pro wrestling as fake, lame, and then a homophobic <laughs> thing. Oof, yeah. Um, and couldn't understand why anyone would do it. Incredible. It's, and now he's doing it. So I on don't... this show of all Yeah. Shows. He's facing Braun Strowman, who is... Are they going to send Braun out there to do it? I heard what you've been saying about just brilliance. <laughs> And like he's gonna be babyface as a guy fighting for the heart and soul of pro wrestling against this guy that doesn't respect what we do 365 days of the year. <laughs> then over him goes into business for himself, punches him in the face, knocks him out, walks out as a champion. <laughs> Shoot wins the belt and nobody can take it off him. Just lifts it up and goes to told you so. Well, well, we've talked about belts and about world titles, but there is a like an extra detail about this, isn't it? Like, are they gonna be fighting for world titles or are they gonna be fighting for like picture of a smoking monkey <laughs> might this be an nft front <laughs> like, i remember there's an interview last year. the authors have been a little while ago where they were like yeah we're in all really cool stuff at the moment we're still keeping our fingers in the yeah. wrestling pie but bit of crypto bit of nft i got a picture of an elephant on a bike <laughs> it's, it's not thing. actually on pay-per-view like the pre-show is for the nft <laughs> <laughs> It's not actually a show. Like, yeah, if, you, if you're looking at a card now, like Murray's got the card up on his iPad, that's that's what you're buying. Yeah. That's that's the NFT. It's going to be up for, <laughs> it's it's be up for opinion. grabs on the night. You can you too can have a picture of this card. <laughs> so that is a three-hour GIF. <laughs> a three-hour GIF? Don't you dare print off my NFT all, either. All the wrestlers are getting paid in hot dogs and crypto. <laughs> 
hey brother, this is some of Frankfurter coin. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's this show is so fascinating. Who is bankrolling like, this? Is it yeah. actually the authors of Pain, or have they got some weird Elon Musk? Mental, <laughs> back Elon Musk. There's got to be some kind of money mark yeah, behind this, yeah. hasn't there? I wonder I if it's just the guy from Five Star because he already did that because he was a bloody millionaire and had no idea what else to do. He might as well screw around yeah. with some wrestling, right? Mm. I'm fascinated by the show. I will 100% be watching this. This sounds like a <laughs> total. This could be the, the most perversely entertaining show of the year. I Since cannot Five Star wait. Wrestling. <laughs> Absolutely. And listen, if I could be I there, took so much satisfaction in those Five Star shows. They were just a lot. Of they weren't even that bad shows. No, just, they looked awful because of the state. Exactly. State a lot of these guys came through that mid two thousand mid two thousand tens NXT system, right? Is this being on the sly bankrolled by Triple H to make NXT UK look credible by comparison? <laughs> like a lot of these That's people. That's why he's in the UK. Yeah, he's giving them a job, and it's like. Nobody even believes that NXT UK exists, Sean. What are we going to do? He's <laughs> like, <laughs> so, well, why don't we just set up a promotion that looks so ludicrously bad? By comparison, people like, should we just go to the BT Sports Studio instead? Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, Wrestling Entertainment Series live at the Motorport Arena. Uh, tickets, it. by the way, I top out at £272. Um, <laughs> to be fair, that's a meet and greet package. So I, uh, you know what? I don't know how much meet and greets cost. Right? I, I, I'm not a buyer of those things, but... There's some pretty big wrestling names there. So if you're kind of into autographs and photos and If you're and stuff, all elite Scooby-Doo, treat, yeah. <laughs> treat yourself. Yeah. If you're all elite Scooby-Doo, that's probably not a terrible deal. But tickets start in the nosebleeds of this 10,000-seater arena at 2760. The thing is, right, so, so what is it, 270 quid? Yeah. Like if you were paying 270 quid for a WrestleCon type event with all of these wrestlers, and then you got your meet and greets and you got your pictures, and then somebody was like, catch You've uh, got to stay for a three-hour wrestling show featuring. Like, <laughs> ah, I got my pictures. I, was, I got to catch a train. You know, like that. Also, though, if you do actually want to go to the show, 100% buy the cheapest tickets you can possibly get. And oh, then yeah. on the night, you will absolutely be ringside. Guaranteed. There are cameras there. There is no way they can let this look like what it might otherwise yeah. look like. It's, it's going to be a beautiful time. Um, just one last point on this. When the tickets started, uh, when they first came out, they've lowered the prices twice now. Read into, yeah, shockingly, I don't think they're selling all that well. Um, but they, they, they opened them up at about, it was £37 was the lowest price. That, my friends, is literally higher than the lowest price for a tick, ticket to Clash at the Castle, the WWE, <laughs> the WWE uh, stadium show. So. Hypocrites, by the way, because to a man in the What Culture office, all of us, upon hearing this news, said, if this was a Newcastle, we would 100% oh, yeah, be going. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So only, only geography has put us off here, yeah. isn't it? If this was two months from now and I had, like, you know, a free schedule, I would 100% mm-hmm. go to this. That'd be awesome. It'd be great. Hey, you want to... You still know time. what? There's still time. There's still time. Hey, maybe we can... When is it? it Next week? Next, Next Saturday. Next Saturday. I think. Yeah, let's... Saturday. Let's go, brothers. Take the day off. Cheeky little Airbnb in Nottingham. <laughs> go and see the sheriff while oh, we're here. Maybe, the, maybe you know, my NXT UK thing is a bit of a joke. Maybe they have genuinely got an attempt to try and outdraw NXT in your house. Oh. Maybe they're just like, maybe more people watch them on fight than people that tune in the network to watch 2.0. I think in your house is a good uh, description of where the next uh, wrestling entertainment series <laughs> event will be held. Uh, but with that in mind, we've got through today's topics one hour in. Uh, <laughs> it's now time for... These nuts. Hey! <laughs> I, I tell you what, I tell you what. Uh, let me try and do the thing I did last time and uh, and really messed up. All right, here we go. Well, looks like we've had enough talk. It's time! <laughs> <laughs> Bloody good. <place. laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely horrendous audio. Just the worst. You forgot the fora again. It's, <laughs> uh, it's time. Gap. Buttons. Bloody <laughs> good. <laughs> so pretend Mark Henry introduced that one now. Uh, Right, this this week's quiz. <laughs> I, I'm going to do the same thing I did last time, right? Well, I don't know the the reviews that Adams used previously for the sponsorship. So, okay. if you've left an earnestly really good one recently, uh, I, I will let Adam know, and he'll do that later. But I just got like really really terrible ones from the archives Great. that I just wanted to read to you guys. So the first sponsor of today's. Uh, Good quiz. There you go, got it right that time. <laughs> Bloody uh, good quiz. <laughs> Bloody good quiz. It uh, is from Official Deno. One star, awful. God awful podcast filled with grown men crying because WWE killed their tin pot promotion. Do not listen. Tremendous. Tin pot? Is that What's w? he on about? Then? What's he on about? WCPW. Ah, okay. I mean, I wasn't involved with that, no, so I don't know neither. what you're talking about, mate. Like, uh, next one. <laughs> as, I, as I sit here wearing a Defiant Crew t-shirt. <laughs> hey, man, free t-shirts free t-shirts, Phil. Hey, listen, go and look at the view The, the view count for, uh, is it Ray, Ray Mysterio Mysterio versus uh, Alberta Dario? <laughs> and tell us we're Tim Paul Powell, all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, second review, one star, again, uh, comes from Jojo Nix. Uh, title is John Cena. One star purely for the hate of Big John. So... Oh, I hope you didn't hear my laptop making noise, friends. It's <laughs> all popping off. Very professional host. Uh, our final one is, uh, this is something else, uh, is from Simon St. Caddy. Uh, the title is AEW Booking is a Laugh. Okay. Uh, and it is a 200-word breakdown of why AEW Booking is bad. Um, <laughs> Third of February, Sting and Darby <laughs> Allen are in the ring saying they have each other's back. And one week later, Darby has a match and Sting is nowhere in sight. And then Sting has an interview and says nothing. Bad guy's on the screen again. And the guy who's supposed to have your back is being dragged away. Also, a group of 250-pound young weightlifters are afraid of a 61-year-old man and a guy 100-pound less. How is this good storytelling and booking? Also, how many times do people get kidnapped from the back? Also, how long is the Cody Shack match and feud going to go on? <laughs> who wants to see this? They booked this with no end and are still going how can you say that ryan nemeth isn't worth pax time but joey janella is great against darby holy moly is that backwards only listen to the news and the top 10 stuff now because of the love non-stop sports entertainment AEW is a different version of wwe not something new since shaq you haven't even mentioned how AEW did in viewers is it because it's been steady going down there you go tremendous uh I, what's the review's name? He's just re- uh, this is Simon St. Caddy. He's just reviewed Tony Khan's booking in our in our review section there. <laughs> what's Thank, going on? Thanks, Simon St. Caddy. And I can say that with confidence because I know you are still listening. Thank you. <laughs> and I obviously the Shaq thing turned out amazing, but I think Simon's got a point there and it's been lost underneath it a little bit. The match was fantastic. But Shaq did disappear in Ambulance Never to be seen again. Yeah, he did. So maybe Simon's got a point. Like, let's, let's, get, let's get back to that, shall we? When, when's Shaq? When's the next series of Unsolved Mysteries? <laughs> when, when's when's that kicking off? I did like his thing about AW as a different version of WWE. It was like, well, yeah, that was their, <laughs> that was their entire point. <laughs> that's that's, that's why point. they exist. That's why, why it happens. Uh, viewerships, by the way, have increased literally every month for like <laughs> for like a year or something. So <laughs> interesting point there at the end. But yes, today is, uh, we're going to do a quiz. Um, uh, yes. Uh, 
tried to think of all kinds of great stuff for this. In the end, I've just come down to weird questions about people who are on the double or nothing card. Uh, okay. So relatively straightforward. I'm not going to go... We're uh, not going to do any of those songs. Uh, this what about if, if hypothetically... If there was to be a tiebreaker, then would there be like a gulp song, fastest finger first, fingers on buzzers type situation? I can neither confirm nor deny. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about some double or nothing participants. Okay. Right. Um, first question on this bloody good quiz Yay! is uh, how many entrance? This is weird. Number one, how many entrance themes so far in his AEW run has Malachi Black used? Different entrance themes. Uh, A, one. B, four. Hang on, he, a, a, one, sung him to ringside. <laughs> C, two. Or D, three. Phil. Phil. <laughs> really confused me when they weren't in order. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to do a Wilbon thing. You go one, four, eight, or 12. Uh, three. Yay! It is three. He has a different one. Singles theme by Amon Ra. Tag team theme, Kings of the Black Throne, that Colin Young from God's Hate did, and Twitching Tongues, and... I kind of remember the name of the band who do the House of Black theme, but it's got Scott from Neurosis in it. There you go. Just showing you how much I know about Knowledge. metal. Yeah, cool. Um, right, okay. Phil's leading 1-0. Uh, I've just been a knob for no reason. Um, <laughs> question number two. It was recently discovered online that Hook, real name Tyler Sinertia, uh, has been living a double life as a creative direction, design, photographer. This is true. Hook has a photography website under his real name. Now there's another name that this is under. Uh, what nickname does Hook go by in this endeavor? Is it number one? Is it A, Shagger? <laughs> <laughs> is it B, Gooch? Is it C, Dookie? Or is it D, Captain Jock? Hamlet. Hamlet. I'll go with Gooch. Yeah. It's Gooch. Tyler. You're saying he's not a really big Green Day fan. (laughs) (laughs) I had to, I was either that or Nimrod. Uh, I thought Dookie was better. Yes. um, On on his website, if you go to it, it says Tyler Sinertia, a.k.a. Gooch. So there you go. Massive Lyndon Gooch guy. I think Hook's a little bit more marketable. (laughs) Rather than (laughs) send Gooch. Yeah, rather than just (laughs) the space between your bum and your boss. Uh, Not great. Uh, The third question on this wonderful quiz. Uh, Right. Tying in with someone we spoke about earlier. Which of the following was not used by William Regal as an insult towards Chris Jericho <laughs> in Regal's recent exclusive interview with What Culture's Adam Wilborn? Available on YouTube now and probably the podcast feed very soon. Uh, A. Wrongen. B. Tosspot. C. Wanker. Or D. Trout Slapper. Phil. Phil, this is unfair because uh, you edited the, <laughs> edit the video. edited the video, wanker. Yay! Correct. He did not call him a wanker. Uh, that might be a surprise to our American v- listeners. I think when Americans put on a British accent, they always call yeah. people wankers. Even don't the they? Yeah, it's quality. <laughs> I love it. My favorite thing is, and I'm sure they laugh at us doing American voices, but Americans doing British impressions uh, cracks me up all the time, even when it's really bad. I yeah. think it's it's great. You bloody wanker. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I'm gonna gonna sit down and have a wank, guy. Yeah? <laughs> Fish and chips. It's great. Personally, I think their impressions are wicked pisser, <laughs> <laughs> and they sound dead smart. 
<laughs> Wicked pisser. What are you on about, bastard? <laughs> I'm going to pack my cad and have a yad. That kind of vibe. The departed. Wait. Right. So that's what. What's that? Two one to fill. Got nice chinos there. Eh? Well, I call them khakis. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I open my my Ford Pinto with. You gotta stop this, right? <laughs> People from Boston currently raging. Uh, Question number four. Uh, the, this is a boring question. I'm very sorry. Uh, the Hardys will face the Young Bucks double or nothing in a tag team dream match. This will be the X time they have fought each other in a straight up two on two match in wrestling. So what number in the Hardys versus Young Bucks series is this? Pamphlet. Wow. Third match. That's what I was going to say. No, dude. Ah. Your options are set A, second, B, First, C, 10th, or D, 7th. Interesting. Or it isn't even there, baby. I can't be 7. Is it not? It's not just the second, is it? They had the ladder match in Ring of Honor, but I thought they had another one in Ring of Honor. <laughs> How many? They kind of had 7, too. <laughs> no, dear, that's wrong. What? 7. 7? I haven't written them down, which I should have, but on cage match listed at least maybe they've had more secretly Sheesh. uh yeah seven this will be match number seven uh a bunch of indie matches various bits right, and pieces. over there i imagine they've probably had one in like places like new that book lots of like I big mean, to be names fair, i'm we didn't book it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it definitely sounds like something we could have <laughs> we should have put together uh okay so still two one uh to fill heading into question number five here uh wardlow's first aw vignette aired at all out 2019 you remember it it was him beating up a bunch of dudes on a building, it was like a weird sexy action great, movie thing. It was so weird, it was okay. awesome. Uh, and the name Wardlow showed up and we're like, eh? Yeah. Uh, and now he rules, it's great. Uh, <laughs> so Anna Jay, Alan Angels and Lee Johnson were all involved in that vignette before they were famous. But who was the third man trying to beat <sighs> Wardlow up? Now, quite a collection of people I've got here. Uh, a, was it Charlie the prop designer? <laughs> B, Willie the popcorn vendor? C, Frankie, the lighting operator, or D, Tommy, the twat. Pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> is it C? Running out of ideas there at the end, were we? <laughs> How do you know it's not the answer, Phil? Uh, C, Hamlet. Yeah. Uh, Frankie, the lighting operator. No, dear, that's wrong. Oh. It was not Frankie, the lighting uh, <laughs> The popcorn guy. It's Tommy, the twat, man. <laughs> no, dear, that's wrong. It was not the popcorn guy. It was Charlie, the prop designer, uh, uh, who I am told is actually a semi-regular on Sammy Guevara's vlogs. So yeah. I've, I'm generally of the Brian Danielson persuasion when it comes to vlogs, but, yeah. you know, I'm an old grumpy man. It's not for me. Uh, fair play. There we go. Charlie. Shout-outs to Charlie. Surprisingly, it wasn't Tommy the Twat. <laughs> um, I want Charlie the prop designer to get me more work. Yeah. Just some of these papers set up a little bit. Get him yeah. chips back. Yeah. Give Charlie the prop designer something nice to do. For yeah. Him. He can make a chainsaw. Yep. Something like that. They don't need the Cody, like, yes. chandelier yeah. thing in the go middle anymore. Get rid of that. Do so. some yeah. Put something in. Do something fun. Put like involved, a, Charlie. Yeah. Like a tombstone or something for Penta. <laughs> Put some names on it. Oh, right. Number six. Uh, <clears throat> Daniel Garcia has worked one match for WWE NXT, uh, and it happened in January 2021. He actually had another, uh, I think it was a 205 Live match about four years prior to that, but in January 2021, he wrestled Tyler Rust on NXT TV. What was the ring name used by Mr. Garcia on this match? Was it A, Daniel Garcia? Was it B, Danny Diaz? Was it C, Dante Rios? Or was it D, Drew Shakespeare? <laughs> Hamlet. <clears throat> Hi. Ah, is it Dante Rios? That's what I would have gone with. Yay! 
It was Dante Rios, one and done. Yeah. WWE started appearing more regularly in Any AEW. <laughs> I certainly hope so. I hope it was a cross between S.A. Rios and Dante's Inferno. I was just going to say, if he takes the fireball off uh, the wizard Chris Jericho, it can be Dante's Inferno. I thought you were going to say, take the fireball off someone else there. <laughs> uh, right, let's move on to our next question. 2-2. Uh, 2-2. Yeah. Very good. Uh, number seven. Which of the following has not been used by Pac as a nickname not a ring name, a nickname, at any point in his career. Even when he was fanning around wrestling guys in forests or whatever it was he did. Right. <laughs> whatever it was he did when he was really young. Uh, a, the new sensation. B, super superman. C, beautiful shooting star. And he is. Uh, or D, the Geordie Arrow. Which one of those is he not used? Hmm. Phil, why not? Um... Beautiful shooting star. No, dear, nah. that's wrong. He did, according to Cage Match, have that as a nickname Incredible. at one point. Could be wrong. Sounds weird. Yeah. You know, he's, you know. I, used to I used to watch him in social clubs in the Northeast, but he was the man that gravity forgot by then. Jungle Pack. Pre and post Jungle Pack. Pre and post. Pre and post the Jungle Pack excursion. Benjamin Satterley or something. That's he, his real name, isn't it? That's his real name, isn't it? He did have, he had a Jurassic 5 as his theme song back then as well. Wow. He went to <laughs> Ben Satterley's MySpace page. Incredible. And like the J5 music would pop up and then he had all his ring music What's as well. Golden or something like that. I think it might have been. Yeah. Concrete what? things. I can't remember which one it was. Schoolyards. Schoolyards, that's it. What uh, you got, brother? I don't know. What are the options again? The new sensation, Super Superman or the Geordie Arrow. I'll go with Super Superman. That was the no, dear, that's wrong. Well. The Geordie Arrow. Uh, um, yeah. That's the one I put a little bit of effort into, and when he's from Newcastle, his finisher has the word arrow in it. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. so we are still 2-2. Two, two. A really abysmal effort here. Uh, we've got a trio of questions to go. Uh, number eight. In the studio version of Rancid's... Rancid? Rancid's smash punk hit Ruby Soho, what genre of music is echoing through singer Tim Armstrong's wall in the very first line? That's quite a good question, unless you haven't listened to Rancid before. What uh, it, sorry, what's this song called? Ruby Soho? Ruby Soho. Whose entrance theme is that? <laughs> <laughs> Britt Baker. Tony Khan's. <laughs> <laughs> Destination on tone. Uh, right. Well, genre of music is echoing through Tim Armstrong's walls in the first line of that song. Um, a, punk, obviously. B, reggae. Uh, C, dub, or D, symphonic black metal? <laughs> Ooh. Echoes of a music genre coming through my bedroom wall. Hamlet. Yo. B. Yo. <laughs> Yo, B. B, reggae. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Hey, there he is. Owns a copy of And Out Come the Wolves on vinyl, does Michael Hamflit. Oh, um, it was uh, Shine by Aswad in the song as well. <laughs> Shawaddy Waddy. Uh, remember them? Tremendous. Prefab Sprout. Anyway, question number nine. <laughs> Just, name Just name stuff. Just name stuff. Hot dog, jumping frog, <laughs> Albuquerque. <laughs> right. <laughs> question number nine uh, takes us back to our very good friend, Ricky Starks. Speaking of interviews, uh, if you would like to hear an exclusive interview of Ricky Starks conducted hey. by our very good friend, Andrew Pollard, uh, that will be going up soon as well. Do you know the time of that one, Phil? Well, it was going to go up on YouTube today, but it depends on when this bloody podcast finishes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we better get a move on. Uh, he's also It'll got, probably be up on the YouTube channel by the time this is out. There you go. And we've got an interview with Jamie Hayter coming out as well. Andrew that will did. be on Sunday. So, sensational stuff. Uh, 
ahead of their Philadelphia street fight in October 2021, when Brian Cage tweeted Ricky Starks asking, and I quote, where is the Philly street fight at? How did Ricky Starks respond on Twitter? A, the space between your two brain cells, idiot. B, your mother's house. C, in Philly, you big dumb bitch. <laughs> or D, rampage, you moron. <laughs> Just... Uh, Phil. Oh. Oh. When, when you first said it, I was like, in Philadelphia, probably. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to go with that one. In D. Philly, you big yeah. dumb uh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> he did uh, a stunning turn of Twitter form there from from Richard Starks. Um, what on earth is the score? Is it? I think it's threes each, isn't it? Uh, threes each. I yeah. think. All yeah. right, let's go with that. <laughs> we, is this the last question? Yeah, it means Ooh. unless you both ruin we either this both one. have to get it or neither of us get it, and then we get a gulp. So this is uh, this is not a wrestler who's going to be on the card, but it's a city that's going to be on the card. Why did I squeak this? This is a city. <laughs> it's going to be a so uh, Question number 10. Uh, which of the following was Great O'Can, the legend, uh, not photographed doing in Las Vegas this week? Oh we all <laughs> he's in one of them, I think. Yeah, we all woke up on Thursday and saw the images of him living his best mm-hmm. life in Las Vegas after an interesting debut uh, on Dynamite. Um, he's not on the card, but you know. Uh, question eight. Was he not performing his signature Iron Claw on a strip club bouncer? I mean, Iron Claw! <laughs> was he B, uh, sitting on a giant phallus? Uh, C, getting whipped in a restaurant? Or D, posing with two topless women? What of the, those was he not doing? Or at least photograph? He could have done anything well, for all we know. One of them that he was doing. Pamphlet. Yeah. Sitting on a giant phallus. No, dear. He was cool. sitting at the end of a giant willy. Sitting on the giant gallus. <laughs> I am going to say the claw one because he wasn't there for wrestling, was he? He was there for other No, things. Phil, don't do it. No, 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 change my uh, Phil wins. I just wanted to win. There was no <laughs> photographic evidence of the great O'Khan yeah. putting a strip club bouncer in the iron claw, which is good because he probably would have got beaten up. Although maybe not. Actually, give it a few more days. They're in yeah. Vegas till Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the great O'Can, who uh, I think we saw actually his first ever match, didn't we, Hamlet? Yeah. After the gimmick change when they ran a UK show in Altrincham him here, uh, he was wrestling uh, someone, Danny Duggan, I think mm-hmm. it was, on the undercard. And Tommy Yukioka, of course, who we'd seen as a young lion in New Japan. And he just came out with this question mark over his oh, face. No, question mark on a towel over his face. Yeah, and this wacky music. And we didn't know what it was. We didn't know like the, the lore of this gimmick. And he had the robes and everything. We were just like, what? We, uh, we misheard the announcement <laughs> calling him Great O'Can and thought his name was Karen. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Great Karen. Karen, the big question. Was it like yeah, literally for four years, we've been calling this guy Karen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, now, and now he rules. But I believe it's like, it's uh, the, the imagery of it with the towel, the... I, question mark and all that stuff. I think it's related to uh, like a mythological zombie or something Okay, from back in the day. So there you go. There's lore of the lore of the Karen. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> shout outs to the great Okan. He had a great time in Las Vegas. Uh, Phil, for winning, you get to uh, do a haiku. <laughs> you don't, you don't. Do I have to? <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, right. This wrestling podcast is bad. Very, 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 very bad. Don't listen anymore. <laughs> except do. It's <laughs> like how you count berries one very syllable berries. over again. Oh, yeah. It There's like seven berries there. Very, 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 very. Phil, can I just copy that? 
<laughs> You've broken the taco already. <laughs> Just fill it with as many syllables as possible. And hey, you know what? When I asked Adam, Adam Wilborn, about hosting this while he was off this afternoon, uh, he, he briefly gave it second thoughts, but then he decided. We're going to do it anyway. There we go. Uh, so so contrived. And then anyway. I fell over and I went like this. <gasps> <laughs> right, and then <laughs> I fell over. <laughs> yeah, and then you're gonna have to deal with the eel. So, uh, <laughs> thank you uh, to those of you who have made it through this absolute calamity. This has gone very long. <laughs> uh, we are not sorry because it's conveniently taken me to within two minutes of me going home. <laughs> so this has worked out perfectly for me. Unlucky for you guys. Uh, you can follow us on What Culture. No, you can follow us on Twitter <laughs> at What Culture WWE. You can follow Philip Chambers at. Fill my chambers, and you can follow Hamlet at Michael Hamlet, and you can follow Andy Murray at. I, I don't, probably don't actually, lads. It's probably for the <laughs> best. Uh, right, cheers for joining us. Uh, thanks for enduring the chaos, and we will see you soon. Also, mind that uh, it's, there's an audience as well. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Roasting. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.